Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs who want to get control of their finances, make more money, and live a balanced life. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA and profitability coach. Join us each week to learn ways to run a more profitable business through inspiring discussions with financial professionals, business experts, and thought leaders. If you're looking for a quirky spin on business with a dab of woo-woo, grab your headphones. Together, we will break through our fears, live a life of abundance, and get the balance right. Hello and welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. I am so pumped to share this episode with you. Oh my God. Our guest today is Stacy Reed, aka Stacy Zeal, who is a marketing whiz. She takes six-figure businesses to seven figures with Facebook ads. Holy cow, Facebook ads. Six figures to seven figures. I want me some of that action, don't you? She has generated over $15 million with social ads on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, so you might be like rolling your eyes. Facebook, ugh. Well, in case you think Facebook is dead, it ain't. You probably know that the company changed its name to Meta, which sounds to me like Zuckerberg is getting ready to take things up a notch. Despite the fact that many of us are just downright sick of Facebook or totally creeped out by the amount of info that they have on billions of people on the planet, if you're running a business these days, you're going to be forced to use the platforms owned by Meta for some piece of your marketing strategy. Here's the thing. If you want to find your target audience, chances are you're going to find them within the Meta universe which besides Facebook and Instagram, also includes WhatsApp and Messenger. They have roughly 2.89 billion monthly global active users. That was as of last month. Making Facebook one of the most powerful search engines on the web. Oh, yeah. You may want to tell Zuckerberg to kiss my grits. However... Sometimes for the health of our business, we have to pay to play, which may include Facebook ads. I personally have not gone down that path yet, but I've been kind of toying with it. I've been talking to friends about this and trying to figure out going to Facebook and figure all this stuff out. But I got to tell you, after I talk to Stacey, I'm willing to give it a shot. Based on our conversation, oh my God, I think I finally have got a grasp on the power of the Facebook pixel. And if you don't know what the hell that is, don't worry. You're going to learn about all that stuff on the show today. But I'm going to tell you, even if you're an expert and you think you know everything about Facebook pixels and all that jazz, you're going to learn stuff. Whether you have no experience in Facebook ads like me or you're a seasoned user, this interview is packed with value bombs galore. Yes. Get ready to take a lot of notes. You may want to listen to this one twice because your mind is going to be blown. And while you're picking up the pieces of your brain off the ceiling, you may miss some of the extra juicy nuggets that are going to make your profits soar. Yes. Please, if you find value in this episode, or any other episode of Get the Balance Right, please share it with your business friends, your buddies, 
your mom, she might like it too. And if you share it through a social media post, please tag me. I would love to know and I will reshare it as well. I super appreciate it and it will really help others learn about the show. I need more listeners, people. Please help me. All right. Here is my interview with Stacy Reed, aka Stacy Zeal, the marketing maven. She doesn't actually call herself that. I'm just calling her that. The marketing maven. Stacy Reed, welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on the show. And we met through Pod Pals. That was dope. I love Pod Pals. I've met so many great people through Pod Pals. So shout out to to Adam. And I'm wearing his t-shirt. Your mom subscribes to my podcast. <laughs> Stacy. Wow, I checked out your LinkedIn page and I am super impressed. You're in this field of Facebook and Instagram ads and it is a mystery to me. But first, could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You're a podcaster, you're a marketer, must be a busy woman. I feel like I've been a serial side hustler for my entire career. I started out in marketing about 11 years ago and I started helping people I started my career doing the whole nine to five thing. Just had so many people who were just like, I need help with my marketing. I don't, you know, I have a business. I'm just starting out with me fresh out of college. I'm like, I can help. I'm like, sure. And most of it was for free. (laughs) So I started helping people with their marketing, mainly social media marketing. Fast forward to four years ago, I started working at Zappos doing the paid social strategy there. And that experience has just really grown my skill set, grown my career, just given me so many more things to really think about and focus on. Now I help product-based businesses learn how to use Facebook and Instagram ads to sell more products, to scale their revenue, and to get to the next level in their business. It is a great equalizer between small businesses and big businesses because really with Facebook and Instagram ads, like your message matters. And the thing with big brands is that sometimes big brands don't know how to talk to their customers because they're so disconnected from every day people. But as a small business, you're able to really talk directly to your people and and ask them questions and really understand what their needs are. And then those are the types of things that you can take and then put into your ads to then amplify your message. That's how I got my start. And that's what I do now. And I I help people in, in all kinds of ways. And I do have a podcast where I talk about marketing and advertising strategy specifically. And I'm really looking to definitely grow that because I love talking about marketing. I love talking about lots of things. I'm a multi passionate person. So I always have lots of things going on. Zappos is a great company. You were able to work with a great company to learn from. That's really super. You talked about being fresh out of college. Now I'm in my fifties. I don't have kids. I didn't have anybody showing me the ropes. So some of this stuff is kind of a mystery to me. So we're going to kind of unpack some of that. I've been wanting to get started with Facebook ads, but I've been told that I need a Facebook pixel. Now I know that this is a piece of code, but to even get started, can you just demystify what a Facebook pixel is and where do you get one? The way that Facebook really monitors what happens after people leave their platform and go onto your website is with your pixel. Within Facebook, when people are on Facebook, obviously all their information is tracked within Facebook and their algorithm and all that kind of stuff. 
But when people actually leave Facebook and go to your website, Facebook also needs to figure out like, okay, what are they doing? What the heck are they doing over there? If you have an ad or something, or even even regardless of ads, because your pixel is tracking any kind of information between Facebook and your website. And it does this with all different types of websites. It's about understanding what happens after people leave Facebook and they get on your site. What are they doing? So it can track things like sales. It can track things like website visits and products that they visited, whether they added things to cart, whether they signed up for your lead magnet or something like that. So really the pixel is very, very important. And the way that you get it is you sign up for your business manager account. A lot of people I find who are just kind of starting out don't know what a business manager account is because they're mainly their first kind of venture into advertising is like boosting a post because Facebook's like, hey, this post is doing great. You should boost it. And people are like, oh yeah, I'm running paid ads and boosting posts. And it's like, oh, that's boosting posts in my opinion are more so a waste of money, um, to be honest. Within Business Manager, you have so many more options. You can create audiences, you can create multiple ad accounts, you can build out fuller-fledged campaigns and it's a different build. It takes you through step-by-step how to build campaigns. Within your Business Manager is where your pixel is held. Each Business Manager gets its own you know, pixel. And what you would do is you go to the Events Manager of the Facebook Business Manager, you create a pixel, and it'll give you just a little number, like a little snippet of code. And you just take that and embed it on your website. If you have a WordPress website, there are tons of plugins that you can just search for like a Facebook plugin or an event tag kind of plugin. Shopify directly integrates with Facebook. So that makes it a lot easier to be able to have your pixel installed. Definitely starting with getting your pixel in, in, um, installed is great, whether you're running ads or not, because once your pixel is installed, Facebook is, is keeping track of that data. Like, so whether when people are going to your site, who they are, what their interests and stuff are, Facebook is really already tracking that on whether you're running ads or not. And so if you are oh. someone who thinks that you might eventually run ads or something like that, you definitely want to get your pixel installed ahead of time. So that way, all that data that Facebook is picking up, it's in your account. When you start advertising, you can use it. I had no idea, Stacey. I thought it only had to do with Facebook clicks. That is really interesting. I used to work in market research for many years. And so to me, this is like really fascinating that you can do all this. It's creepy, but fascinating. <laughs> so Okay, so that sounds doable. So you get this. It's a piece of code. I use Squarespace. I've been told it's just easy. You just copy and paste mm-hmm. it in there. Yep. Is this data that it's tracking once you've got the Facebook pixel, does that affect the cost of running ads? Like if someone clicks, how does the cost work with these Facebook ads? Your pixel doesn't necessarily have to do with the cost, but what does influence the cost is your targeting, your objectives, and essentially how you're building your campaign. What you're doing is you're entering into an auction and you're saying like, hey, this message, I want to show it to this amount of people, but you're also bidding against the other brands and companies that are also trying to reach those people. So like, for example, let's say you're targeting runners. You're going to be competing with all the other brands that are also trying to, to get runners. And there's a lot of nuance that kind of just goes into costs. You can lower costs with having better creative, targeting warm audiences, and really refining your message. And so there are definitely ways to like, you know, to start to bring costs down. But ultimately, what you're doing is just bidding against other people that are also trying to get the attention of the same people that you're trying to get the attention of. I had no idea that was the case. Okay. Wow. My mind is blowing. This is so interesting. So this seems like then the more you niche down, then the less competition you would have. Is Am I assuming that correctly? You would think that. And it's interesting. That's one of the things that is interesting about Facebook ads or social media ads in general, compared to something like Google ads, where there is definitely more nuance. It's not just, oh, if I'm targeting a really, really small number of people, then I have less. Com- I mean, ideally, you might have less competition, but you also might not. You might have some brands 
who are really, really targeting really, really, really small specific audiences. Say a brand is targeting vegan runners or like vegan runners that also own a business or something like that, right? That could get a really, really tight. But the thing is that we are such multifaceted people. And that's one of the things that's amazing that I, I love about social. It's not as black and white as being really, really hyper-specific because we all have so many different interests and our interests change. For example, if you're in your newsfeed, and this has recently happened with me with Athletic Greens. And so Athletic Greens is like, they make vitamin smoothie mix type of thing. And so I recently started looking into those types of articles about health nutrition smoothies. I'm liking, you know, I'm, I'm liking more of the posts that I see from natural health kind of places. And what happens? My newsfeed is full of natural health. Buy this natural, buy this natural, buy this healthy thing, buy that. And so really like our, our interests are going to evolve and change over time and what we're looking for. And another, like another great example is like a mattress company. If you go to a mattress company website and you get back on Facebook, you're going to get hit with all the mattresses, <laughs> all the mattress ads. But your interests are just going to evolve and change over time. So really, the targeting is a piece of it. But you, And one of the things that Facebook has been telling us more over the years is to start to be more broad. Because Facebook's algorithm knows more about people than you do. Like You may think that your people are vegan runners who have a business, but are they really? But that's maybe just what you think. Maybe they are people who shop at Whole Foods and they like Lululemon. What I've been working with my clients on doing is figuring out how broad can we really go and still find efficiencies? Because really, like we started as a baseline. We want to always start somewhere. Usually just going, just targeting everybody really isn't a great idea. So you got to start somewhere. But really, like you want to make sure that you're not pigeonholing yourself into a too tight of an audience because that's who you think your people are. When really that may be what you think as a business owner, but really that's not who they are. And that's not, that's not something, you don't have a message that really resonates with those people. When you get started, it might be a little bit of trial and error then to kind of find that mm-hmm. sweet spot. So after trying this out, I guess then you look at your data that's been collected through the pixel and that's how you make adjustments. Is that how it's done? Within Facebook, they have a reporting kind of hub already built in. And so what you would, you would go to their reporting section and look at your numbers and some things that I like to track. And I t- like to tell business owners that you want to focus on metrics that matter. Engagement rate, for example, is not a, is a vanity metric. <laughs> like it doesn't matter how engaging it is. If people didn't buy, they didn't buy, right? Or if people are buying, they are buying and that's great. And it might not be that engaging, but people are clicking on it and going and converting. And so things that I tell people to look for are click-through rate, like how many people are clicking on your ads that indicates whether your message is resonating with that particular audience. What is your conversion rate? Like ultimately we want people to do something. We may not be necessarily going for a sale right away like that because there is some nuance there too. You don't have to directly sell people all the time with Facebook or Instagram ads, but maybe you want to get people on your email list. Maybe you want to get people to watch your masterclass. Maybe you want to get people to download your podcast. And so whatever that desired action is, is, is considered a conversion. And so that's why you're looking at your conversion rate. You're looking to see like how many people clicked on this ad versus how many people took the desired action that I wanted them to. And if you have a high conversion rate, that's great. That means you're like, hey, let me pump this ad up. Let me get more. Let me figure out how I can, you know, increase this conversion rate and let me let this go and see where, how long this ad can go until it starts to maybe um, die off a little bit. So yeah, so those are just definitely some things that I think are super important when it comes to that for sure. And does the higher conversion rate, does that also mean that each person that clicks through, it's less expensive? Is that how it works? Yeah, it starts to get less expensive. One of the things that helps to bring the cost down is one is targeting warm audiences. So one of the things you can do within Facebook with your pixel is you can say like, hey, give me an audience of people who visited my website. Give me an audience of people who made a purchase from me. 
And that's a warm audience because they've already, they already know who you are. They've been to your site. They're interacting with you somehow. Maybe they're on your email list. Maybe that's considered hot because they're, they've already signed up for your email list. But then you want to upload your email list into Facebook and saying like, hey, target these people or show these people my ads. And so really what you can do to bring the cost down is playing with your targeting, playing with your messaging, making sure that you're using the right objectives and, and the right bidding and all that kind of stuff. And so there's so many things that you can do to just go down the rabbit hole of bringing costs down. A lot of it really starts with having a really, really strong creative, having creative that is really, really like a message that really, really resonates with people and really understanding who people are and then iterating on that. And starting with what in your business is actually working. A lot of times people try to just go after completely cold audiences and they try to test funnels that they have no success with, or that's a brand new funnel and they have no idea if it's going to convert. And that type, that type of things gets tends to get more expensive because it's signaling to, to Facebook that people aren't really interested in this. So it's got to go out and find more people and try to find different people and figure out like who is going to actually take the desired action that this business owner wants. But if your message is not hitting, it's just going to be more expensive because obviously these people over here are not resonating with it. So let's try to find other people and we'll spend more money to reach all these other people in these different areas. There's a lot that goes into the costs for sure. But one of the things you can do is start to target warm audiences if you have them, not necessarily going directly for a sale right away, but really trying to take people through a journey and see if that will then also help to just warm them up a little bit. Because you don't have to only go directly for the sale with your Facebook ads. If you have a funnel that really converts, like if you have a masterclass that's like, hey, my conversion rate for my masterclass is already 50%. I just need to get more eyeballs on it. That's what you want to send the traffic to. You want to send it to that masterclass. You want to get more people taking advantage of that because it's already converting really well. And so that then makes things a little bit cheaper because you're already targeting people with something that is interesting and that you just need to get more people in front of it. When someone's starting out, you were saying the content really is the important part. Should people start with video? Is it a still photograph? Is it a GIF? Like, what are people usually getting the most bang for their buck when they start off? And if it is a video, what's the length of the video? Video is really, really hot right now. Instagram just recently came out and saying that they are a, a video platform. They're a video first platform. So really start to lean into video. Video is so compelling because you can implement so much storytelling in that. And you can talk to people and people seeing posts in their newsfeed and just kind of glazing over it. In the feed, videos autoplay, right? So there's some motion there that kind of captures attention. So yeah, so you definitely want to lean into videos, lean into GIFs. Um, and I would say use a mix of those things because you could have a, a campaign that has a GIF, a fuller length video and a still image. See which one is doing the best and then turn everything else off and amplify that or turn off if you have one that's an underperformer, turn off the underperformer and let that video and that gift just continue to run. And what you're doing as the business owner is saying like, oh, this video was doing really, really well. It's getting a really high conversion rate. If people are clicking on it. They love it. Let me figure out how I can make more videos exactly like this. Can I take this type of this style of video, let's say it's a tutorial and make it for my other products or my other things? Can I also take this video and let's try playing with a longer video of the similar content? Let's play around with a shorter video. And so really what you want to do is start testing a few different things and then look at the data and understand what is the data telling you. And when you figure out what the data is telling you, then you'll know how to move next. Then you'll know to say, hey, I need to create more videos because these stills are not doing it and they're really kind of falling flat. But these videos are taking off. So let me make more videos or let me try to play around with the order of my video. Like maybe I put a hook in the beginning. Maybe I try to say something different in the middle. And so there's so much that you can do when you start to rely on data. 
But you have to really kind of start somewhere. And, and I tell my clients that we're always testing. Sometimes test tank and sometimes test do great. But they should always be teaching you something. Leverage this platform for figuring out what is the numbers telling me? And then how can I as the business owner or the marketer move a little differently to really like lean into what's already working? Utilizing all this powerful data, you mentioned that boosts are kind of a waste. Are boosts a waste because you don't have the data to back up how it's performing? I'm assuming you don't need the Facebook pixel to run a boost. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't think you need a pixel to boost. And so the reason, but, but the reason that boosts are a waste of money, in my opinion, is because if you, if you take a kind of start at how a campaign, a Facebook campaign is just set foundationally. So the first thing that Facebook is going to ask you is what is your objective? And the reason that they ask you that is because Facebook has been able to identify people who are likely to make a purchase, people who are likely to watch a, just watch a video, people who are likely to just click on your link and just look at the page and then do nothing. Like they're just lurkers and they kind of look at, or they'll look at a blog post and they'll just read it and they kind of don't do anything else. And so Facebook has been able to identify those types of people. And so one of the things that is identified is people who are just engaging people, people who just love to click, comment, share, and nothing else. But the thing is, engagement doesn't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. People watching your video and click and clicking on it and doing nothing is, isn't really going to get you to where you want to be as a business owner, right? right? People liking your video or sharing it with their friends doesn't necessarily lead to sales. It just means that it's engaging. And so essentially, when you're boosting a post, what you're telling Facebook is that you want more engagement. And so oh. Facebook is going to then show your post to people who are going to like it, comment on it, share and do those types of things. It's not going to, but when you, for example, say like, oh, I want conversions because conversions is an objective that you can also choose when you're going into the back end because when you're boosting, it's just an automatic, it, it automatically is an engagement metric. Like you don't have the, op- the option to change to say, oh, I want, you know, conversions or I want lead generation or something like that. But let's say if you go into the back end of Facebook, you're in your business manager, you go create campaign. The first thing you can say like, oh, I want conversions. Like, I want people that are actually going to take the desired action. I want people who are actually going to click on my ad, go to my site and actually make a purchase or click on my ad, go to my site and actually sign up for my lead mech and actually do something, right? I don't, I don't want people who are just going to come and look at it. I want people to do something. And so then Facebook will then say, like, let me show this campaign to people who are likely to do something. And how it determines that is like people who have their Facebook wallet, people who have purchased something from an ad before, people who have shown that they have higher purchase intent. The pixel is following people wherever they go. So it knows like, oh, this person saw a Facebook ad from Macy's and they clicked on it and they actually purchased. I'm going to put this person in the conversion bucket because they converted from Facebook ad. It's a lot of about objective. The objective of a boost is to just get more engagement. Oh, I'm so glad that you defined that. Okay. All right. Boosts are out. So if someone was about to get started with doing Facebook ads, I know that they can hire you. But in the beginning, if they just want to play around with this, they, they get the pixel Say they want to drop like maybe five to twenty dollars a day. Is that something mm-hmm. they could actually utilize? I mean, is that is that even worth it, or do you have to kind of spend a little bit more to get started? I try to tell people to start at about a minimum fifteen to twenty dollars a day. There are a lot of opinions about budget. The, the wonderful thing about social ads is that you can start small and scale up. Like you can start with a five dollar a day budget. I hear some people who say they have like a dollar a day budget, and I'm just like, oh wow, really? So there are some people who start really, really small. But what you have to think about is that like what you're paying for essentially 
is impressions. And let's say that your the impression cost, like this cost per impression, is five dollars to give, to reach a thousand people. So if you think about it, if you're spending five dollars a day, you're only going to reach about a thousand people a day. Is your message and your targeting tight enough to actually drive some actual conversions from five dollars a day? I find that with, when you have smaller budget, you have to be really, really specific, really, really tight. Because you really, and and then that doesn't give you any room to really like understand what's working and what's not working. Because you're likely, you're spending $5 a day, you probably only have like one ad, one audience, and one particular type of creative. Like you're not having like two different audiences to test against each other, three different types of creative within each of those audiences to test. Because you don't have enough money for that. You don't have a big enough budget to really let all of those things actually kind of spend and really start to optimize and really start to gather data. And so that's why I caution people that $5 is going to slow you down. And it's not going to really, the good thing about Facebook ads is that you can test and learn really fast. Like, so if you're spending $15, $20 a day, and especially in this post iOS 14 world, because everything now is taking so much longer to actually optimize. If you have a $5 budget, it's going to take a really long time to actually give for Facebook to get enough learnings to really say like, okay, this campaign, I, I'm finding some efficiencies now. You know, I found the people who respond to this ad and let me show it to more of those exact same people. But in the beginning, Facebook's trying to figure out, they're showing it to a lot of different people within your audience targeting and saying like, oh, does it hit with this type of person? Does it hit with this type of person? And so they're still trying to figure that out. So if you're pitching and holding yourself into just a $5 budget, you can really only reach about a thousand people a day. And so is that enough? If you have a really hyper custom product, maybe, maybe you can start really small. Or if you're going for something that's, more of an upper funnel kind of initiative. Maybe you're going for just getting leads or you're just going to get email signups or something like that. Keep in mind that $5 a day is not going to give you enough data to really make an informed decision because you have to give stuff time. You have to give stuff a little bit of money and then you make decisions from there. It doesn't start with just saying like, oh, I have $5,000. Like if you start out with $5,000, that's great. You could spend all that money and get nothing. You really could. At least when you get to about, you're spending about $500, you're able to see like, oh, well, this is not doing great. Let me change something. Let me make a different, let me make a different decision or let's try some different things. So I tell people to start a little bit higher because you can always cut it off. Like if you're start spending $20 a day and you, you say like, hey, I'm going to give myself $20 a day for about three weeks. You can always cut it off after week two if you're just saying like, oh, I'm spending a lot of money and I'm not getting anything back. Or if after a week and you're saying like, oh, well, this is this campaign isn't really getting great performance. Let me turn this off and re-strategize. Let me look at the numbers, see what it's telling me and figure out how I can make some changes or what changes to actually make in order to improve my campaign performance and then turn it back on. That is great information. So, yeah, because you want you want to be constantly looking at the data and given enough time then look at it and make changes. And I love the tip about the $5 is not a good thing because you always hear like, oh, you only need to invest $5 a day. So set aside some money to get started. Great advice. I have to ask you on LinkedIn, you say that I take six figure product brands to seven figures with Facebook ads generated over $15 million with social ads. You're an expert in Facebook and Instagram ads. Wow. That's impressive. What what kind of money are these people spending to go from six figures to a million? Or does it depend on what type of ads are running? Or what are the factors that go into that? It depends on the goals, for sure. What I try to either target with my clients is either we're getting an efficient cost for acquisition or we're getting an efficient return on ad spend. 
these are things that you can actually set within Facebook. Like you can say like, hey, Facebook, I want to find people who are going to give me a three a three X return on my money. And because Facebook knows people who are likely to spend more money. Like that's the thing is like Facebook knows so much more than we as the individual business owner may know. But if I want to say, hey, Facebook, I want you to show this ad to people who are likely going to purchase, but not somebody who's going to just spend five bucks, but I want to reach a person who's going to spend $15 rather than spending the $5. And so that is how you try to find profitability and efficiencies. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who are just like, maybe they have like a really low ticket offer. Like maybe they have like a $20 course or something and they're using their ads to like get people into that course. And then they have some kind of funnel on the back end that makes it profitable. Like some people are like, hey, I'm willing to spend $20 if I get this person into my funnel, into my world, because then on the back end, I know that I can sell them something higher ticket. And that's fine. And, that, and that's a strategy that you can go for if, that's, if that aligns with your business goals. For me, I more so come from the place where I'm like, I want us to be profitable regardless, <laughs> right? Like if it's a $20 course, then we're not spending more than 10 bucks to acquire a customer because we still want to make some money. We still want to put money back into our business. I'm not of the belief of the, you know, one of one-to-one exchange. Like I should put a dollar in and then get a dollar back. And then hopefully 30 days later, somebody actually buys something. I'm more so like, know that you have a fire funnel and you have like a lead magnet that always ends up, someone gets into your lead magnet and they end up spending $250 on the back end. That's great, but we don't need to spend $250 to get them in there. Maybe we don't want to spend $250 to get that person to then spend after seven days. Like we want to actually, you know, target people who are going to maybe we'll spend maybe up to $100, depending on what other offers and stuff we had. Maybe we only want to spend up to 50 because we really, really want to make three, four, five times our money. So really it depends on what your goals are and how aggressive they are. Some people are really, really like super aggressive CPA targets. Like if you're a subscription model, for example, you probably want to go for like a cost per acquisition. If you are a service provider or digital product or something like that, you can make an argument for going for a return on ad spend, or you can go for making a cost per acquisition argument. So really it depends on what your business goals are. And so I tell business owners to really like start with like, especially if you have a product, like how much is it going to cost for you to be profitable? Like how much money do you have to make on this one specific product or on this one specific sale in order to be profitable? Take into account how much it costs to make this product or how much it costs to manufacture it, how much it costs to house it, how much it costs to ship it, how much does it cost to return it? Something like that. Or if you have like a digital product, maybe you're just saying like, hey, I can see that sale for sale exchange. I can see somebody go directly from a Facebook ad into buying my course. Maybe you're marketing to someone who is a hotter lead, like someone's on your email list and you're targeting them on Facebook as well as sending emails. Maybe you're willing to spend a little bit more, but your costs will likely be a little bit lower because they already know who you are. They're, they're already seeing it and, and it's a little bit cheaper to, to reach people who already know you and who've already interacted with you somehow. That's definitely what I would say to that. It really depends on your business goals and how, how quickly do you want to get there? If you want to get to a million dollars in a year and you're at 100K, it's going to take a lot. <laughs> but if you are someone who's saying like, hey, I have 100K and I want to build my million dollar business within the next couple of years, these are the things that we need to start focusing on in year one. This is what we need to focus on in year two. This is what we need to focus on to get there in year three. So it really depends on how aggressive your goals are as a business owner. And, I've, I'm, and I'm always of the belief that I'm going for profitability not going for that one-to-one, like spend $20 and acquire a $20 customer. Like if we're spending 20 bucks, somebody needs to be at least spending $50, $60 so we can at least make our money back. Because what happens if your ads tank? 
Because if you start to get dependent on having Facebook ads, and that's one of the things I want to avoid for my clients, because I don't think that if the algorithm tanks, like we did with iOS 14, that you should go out of business. You should be going for profitability from the jump. So that way, you know, if something does happen, if this campaign tanks, you're not just stuck with no leads, no no customers, no nothing. You're, you're not stuck just having to say like, well, now I have to spend $50 to get a customer. Now I have to spend $60 to get a customer. But really, like if all of your marketing is working together, and your ads are really amplifying what's already working, you'll start to see that profitability a lot faster because you're actually using ads to amplify what's already making you money and not trying to use it as a completely separate revenue stream in your business. It's really like everything needs to be working together in order for your business marketing to be successful. I love this. I'm well, I'm a CPA, so I'm all about profitability. So this is this is <laughs> awesome. I'm cheering you on with the, what you're talking about. We're running out of time and I got like a zillion questions, but can you just tell me Facebook, people say it's dead. Facebook ads are dead. Should people be moving over to Instagram? Is can you do Instagram and Facebook at the same time or how does that work? Well, that's one of the things about Facebook owning Instagram. You can actually advertise on Facebook and Instagram within the same campaign. So oh. you can, and it's actually recommended. Facebook actually recommends that you allow what, what they have within there is called auto placement. So within Facebook, you can, uh, you can advertise on the Facebook feed, which people are typically normally used to seeing the Instagram feed. You can advertise on Instagram stories, Facebook stories. You can advertise on their audience network, oh. which is kind of like a display network, like Google's display network. And so you can, so when you build within business manager, that's why I tell people, get into your business manager. There's so many things you can do in there. Like stop boosting posts. It's so limited. But you go in there and you can see like, let's optimize this campaign for both Instagram and Facebook. And then when you go into your numbers, you can see like, okay, what are you can drill in and say like, how many sales did I get from Instagram? How many sales did I get from Facebook within this specific campaign? And then you can, you can make a decision there. Like, are your people more on Facebook? So maybe you only run Facebook. Maybe you only run Instagram. Maybe there are certain campaigns that you only run on Instagram. Maybe you have creative that resonates better with Instagram. So you run that stuff there. Or maybe you do both. Maybe you just rely on Facebook algorithm to optimize between. And I'll tell you one of the good things quickly about that is that like I'm someone who jumps between Instagram and Facebook all the time. So there are times when I'll see Insta- I'll see ads on Facebook, I'll get off of Facebook, I'll go on Instagram and I'll see similar ads or ads from the same company. It's kind of like a twofer. You can reach people within Facebook and Instagram all within the same campaign and then rely on Facebook algorithm to really like determine where to best show it to someone based on where they're going to convert. Because if someone converts on Instagram, but they doesn't, they don't convert on Facebook, they're more likely just going to keep showing you the ad on, on Instagram so that you could, because that's where the, the conversion usually happens. But if you're just someone who browses on Facebook, they're not going to continue to show you those conversion ads on Facebook. They'll just show it to you on the platform that you convert on. Oh my God, that is so amazing. Okay. And then just quickly, Facebook ads dead? Obviously not. I don't think they're dead. So one thing to note, like a stat is that Facebook has 2.8 billion active users. And so while I think people are migrating to TikTok, like if, if your customers are Gen Z, maybe you might say Facebook is dead. There isn't a lot of Gen Z people on Facebook. Most of them are on TikTok. So if you're really, really trying to make a hard sell towards Gen Z, then yeah, you might want to start to, to focus on TikTok or Snapchat or some of these other platforms. But if you're saying, for example, targeting parents, you're targeting moms, Facebook has really, really good mom targeting. They have really good parent targeting. They have really good ways to kind of 
understand different interests of people because it's been around for so long, because it has so much data on us, because it is the third visited site in the world. And so I don't necessarily think Facebook is dead. I think that they're going through a rebrand and a revamp and a whole other mess of other things right now to try to stay relevant and to try to tap into that Gen Z audience and to get them to actually come to their platform. Look at your customers. Like, are your customers typical Facebook users? Even if you are, you personally may not be a Facebook user, it doesn't matter if I use Facebook or not. Do my customers use Facebook? Is that where they're making buying decisions? A lot of people are on LinkedIn and it's like, I've never bought a product off of LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. If you're marketing to me like products on LinkedIn, that's probably not going to resonate with me because I'm not, because what I'm looking for on LinkedIn is business content and networking, that type of thing. But on Facebook, I'm used to seeing product ads. I'm used to seeing all kinds of different things. And so even if someone uses multiple platforms or they're saying that they don't use Facebook, they might also, they might use Instagram. Maybe they don't use Facebook, but maybe they do use Instagram. Maybe they do use Twitter or something like that. And so understand your people. That's where you got to start is figuring out where they're at and where they make decisions. Yeah. Wow. Third visited site in the world. I had no idea that was the case for Facebook. Wow. That's incredible. All right. Stacey, you have a podcast, which see you're clever. You're a marketing person. You have to subscribe to it. Tell us about how we can do that if we want to listen to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a private podcast. It's called Stop Boosting and Start Selling. And it's, it's really about how to create and how to understand Facebook and Instagram ad strategy. And so the way that you get access to it is just head over to my site, stacyzeal.co slash podcast. You can sign up there and you can grab it. You can also find ways to work with me there at stacyzeal.co. And I'm also very active on LinkedIn. And so, yeah, you can find me there as well. And Facebook. Awesome. I'm on Facebook too, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no, you said Stacy Zeal. So are you Stacy Reed or Stacy Zeal? That is what I'm trying to figure out these days. I'm such a multi-passionate person. I love lots of things. So years ago, I was a makeup artist and I was like, but I'm going to quit marketing. I'm going to be a makeup artist. It wasn't a great decision because it wasn't for me. But anyway, <laughs> for about a year, I was like, okay, my stage name is Stacey Zeal. And so I turned all my all my my handles into Stacey Zeal and stuff like that. And Stacey Zeal was the makeup artist. And so when I you know started to really like dive into my marketing business, that just kind of stuck. It just, it, it kind of stuck with it. And then, but, but I'm also... I had someone reach out to me saying like, are you Stacey Deal or Stacey Reed? And I'm just like, okay, this could get confusing. So I probably need to address this. <laughs> so really I'm in a process of figuring out like, it, it, what is that, right? Like, do I still need this whole like stage name type of thing from my makeup artist days? Or do I really just need to just continue to just brand myself? So the agency is called Stacey Deal & Co. And Zeal means passion. And so that's where that came from. And so that really helped me to just step into this new world that I was not familiar with. I'm used to sitting behind a desk. I'm not used to being in front of people's faces and doing makeup and being on sets and shoots and stuff like that. So it was kind of like my Sasha Pierce, like was Beyonce. And so that's what it is. So now I'm trying to figure out like, who am I? What is this? (laughs) Do I need it? (laughs) I love that. Well, zeal is such a great word too. And you have another podcast. Tell us about that one. Yeah. So I do have another podcast. It's called High on Self-Care. And so High on Self-Care is about cannabis and self-care. And I started it because literally cannabis changed my life. I am someone who has insomnia. And about six years ago, I fell asleep driving. I've had my insomnia my whole life for as long as I can remember. You know, I've just pushed through it. We think sleep problems are normal. And I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm just pushing through. And then the universe sent me a signal that said, oh no, you need to pay attention to this because being tired all day is just not okay. And so I went down this rabbit hole of trying sleeping pills and melatonin and all these things that they tell you to do when you're Googling how to get sleep. I tried all the things. 
And then when I was, at the time I was living in Las Vegas and it just became recreationally legal. And then I tried weed and I've never looked back. It's literally something that helps me sleep to this day. Like I have insomnia, I have a hard time sleeping and weed is the only thing that consistently has helped me sleep. And so it changed my life. And now I'm an energized person instead of a tired, busy person. I'm I'm an energized, busy person. And so I started a podcast about it because I want help. I want other people and other women specifically to learn that it's okay to use cannabis in a way that is self-care for you, in a way that is healing for you. And so I wanted to create a space that just helps people to just be okay with it. So that's what High on Self-Care is. Very cool. And we'll have links to all of your shows and how to work with you in the show notes. Stacy, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I had such a great time. Oh, it was fabulous. I learned so much. My mind is exploding. I, I probably could talk <laughs> to you all day about this. This is so great. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you. 